Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Fresh off his second budget address and hmm, no Eagles Super Bowl distraction this year. Governor Josh Shapiro joining us this morning. Governor, thank you for being here. Hey, good morning. And don't rub it in about the <laughs> I know it hurts, Still doesn't not it? over it. I know. I hear you. I feel you. We have the headlines this morning. More money for schools and SEPTA. No tax increases. Funding coming from legalizing recreational marijuana and tapping into Pennsylvania's $14 billion surplus. I want to talk about that excess cash first. Let's hear from Seth Grove, the uh, top Republican on the State House Budget Committee. Suppose you're fortunate to have earned enough money to pack away for an emergency. Would you spend it on everyday expenses or save it for when you find yourself in a financial tight spot? The Independent Fiscal Office projecting a $13 billion operating deficit over the next uh, five years. That's before new spending, including on full and fair school funding. Uh, Representative Grove says your plan is irresponsible. Given those projections, spending will exceed revenue in the next fiscal year. Is he wrong? Totally. And let me break this down for you. Um, I, I Look, I get that there are some politicians who are in the Capitol who are just opposed to everything that I put forth. They sort of feel like it's their job to be partisan. I get that. Let's walk through the math here. There is a $14 billion surplus. That means that over time, politicians in Harrisburg have taken $14 billion more from the good people of Pennsylvania than they need. And then they brag about how they've kept it in some bank account in Harrisburg instead of investing it back in the good people of Pennsylvania, as I want to do. My budget is balanced. It doesn't raise taxes. In fact, it cuts them. It makes significant investments in important things like education, economic development, public transit, just to name a few. If the legislature were to pass every single proposal that I put forth, and I'm just saying this as an example, because obviously we're going to have some give and take. But if they were to pass every single thing I put forth, there would still be an $11 billion surplus at the end of that. Now is the time to invest. And the reason for that is we have an unconstitutional K-12 education system. We are 49th in the nation in higher ed. We are falling behind on economic development to our neighbors like New York and New Jersey. I want us to win in Pennsylvania. I want us to do better in Pennsylvania. If some folks want us to fall behind, that's on them. I want us to excel. And the way we excel is by making responsible investments like I proposed in my budget. My budget is balanced. It's fully paid for. And it makes good use of Pennsylvania tax dollars. Governor, that $11 billion surplus you mentioned would be at the end of fiscal year uh, 2025. 
but your your own budget office says this rainy day fund surplus is going to be dried up by 2029 or so. Okay, as you say, you know, this is money that we've paid in. Taxpayers generally have paid in. We should be getting a return on investment for that. But they also say it's going to significantly exceed average revenue growth. The expenditures will right. exceed what, what, what we have. Pardon me, and I'm sorry. Understand that we have a surplus. So if you're going to spend the surplus, then you're going to spend uh, into that. We spend into that responsibly. There is, there is no reason to take more from the good people of Pennsylvania, as some politicians there have done over the years, and not invest it back in them. And those that don't want to make these investments, they have to ask themselves, are they okay with an unconstitutional education system? Are they okay falling behind? Are they okay not investing in public safety, as I've proposed to do? Are they okay not funding SEPTA? These are the questions that those who want to hold on to other people's money and keep an account in Harrisburg have to answer. My bottom line is I want to make it these investments. They're smart. They're well paid for. It still maintains a, a surplus that we need to prepare for a rainy day. But now is the time to make these critical investments. Governor, you proposed uh, putting $1.1 billion more into basic education. That That's a big boost, 14% for public schools. But there is a significant gap there, $5.4 billion. So along with the uh, not insignificant problem of getting this through the legislature, uh, Republicans don't want to dip into the surplus. Uh, and they are now making the argument that Commonwealth Court did not explicitly say more funding was needed to fix the state's unconstitutional school funding formula. So it sounds like uh, these sides are moving further apart on a solution, not closer to one. So what happens from here on out? Are you going to continue to duke this out every year? How close are you you to coming up with a new funding formula? Well, Carol, look, I guess my glass is half full. I understand you're, you're maybe sharing some perspectives where the glass is half empty. Uh, The Commonwealth Court ruled that we have an unconstitutional education system, and it's unconstitutional for two reasons. Number one, we don't invest enough in public education. And number two, we don't drive those dollars out in the most equitable manner, meaning into the districts that need it most. I propose that we get started on making major investments in public education. Obviously, Carol, they'd need to be sustained over many years to reach that $5 billion or so number that you cited. That's why my first year, the Philadelphia schools, just as an example, would see a 16% increase. That's $240 million more for our Philadelphia school students and obviously other districts in the Southeast, Norristown, others that have been falling behind would see significant increases as well. We need to make sure that our schools have what they need to give our kids the best opportunity to succeed. Now is the time to make these investments. I'll be doing what I always do, which is to try and bring Republicans and Democrats together to get stuff done. I've got a long track record of success in that area. Just last year, remember, I'm the only governor in the nation with a divided legislature, one branch led by or one house led by Democrats, one led by Republicans. Just last year, we were able to come together in order to make historic investments in education, in public safety, in economic development. We're going to continue to build on that. I understand this is a negotiation, but I also understand now's the time to invest. I am unwilling to sit back and do nothing like so many people in Harrisburg have done for so many years and have our students fall behind, have safety take a back seat, 
have us uh, be second to our neighboring states in economic opportunities. Now is the time to be bold. Now is the time to have vision. Now is the time to invest. And I do all of this with a balanced budget that doesn't raise taxes and maintains a surplus. You're going to try again on school vouchers to to bridge the gap. Could you sell that idea of uh, vouchers or uh, scholarships, as uh, I think you call them, to your fellow Democrats? Well, a voucher is where you take money out of the public school system. I want to put money into the public school system. But I have said many, many times that if we need to create a scholarship for poor kids in struggling school districts to get extra help, that should be something that unites all of us. And we've left room in this process to be able to do that. I think it's up to the Democratic leadership in the House that run the House and the Republican leadership in the Senate that run the Senate to find common ground on a whole host of issues that passed in one chamber, not the other. You cited one of them. Here's another. Minimum wage. The House passed a bill to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, something I support. The Senate hasn't moved on that yet. They've shown a willingness to discuss it, just as the Democrats in the House have shown a willingness to discuss more scholarships for poor kids in struggling school districts. This is part of the negotiation. Back to something Carol said earlier, I think, Carol, if I'm quoting you, you said something about, are they just going to duke it out? I believe you said it that way. Um, If not, I apologize. I'm trying to paraphrase what you said. The bottom line here is that we've just begun this process. I think literally three or four days ago, I gave my budget address. Um, Lawmakers now need to do the hard work of analyzing my proposals, analyzing all these ideas. But their analysis shouldn't be an excuse for paralysis. We've seen too much paralysis in the legislature over too many years. That's why we've fallen behind. That's why we've got an unconstitutional education system, why we're 49th in the nation in higher ed, why we keep falling behind in economic development. Now is the time to make these investments. They need to analyze my plans carefully. They need to find common ground on on the other issues, and we need to get this done. How are you going to get, though, the minimum wage increase done? I mean, Republicans have said they're open to hiking it, uh, but you want to go from seven twenty-five an hour, which it is now, to $15 an hour. This would be the first increase in the minimum wage in nearly uh, 15 years. Uh, so Republicans are open to it, but they haven't thrown out a number. They are saying, though, that $15 is too high. How are you going to get them on board with that? Well, I think that's a question for that. I mean, why... Why should we be okay with them simply saying no and keeping our minimum wage at $7.25 an hour? Every one of our neighbors, including West Virginia, has a higher minimum wage than we do in Pennsylvania. And we're losing workers along our borders. We're seeing workers in Maryland go to Maryland, go to New York, go to other states with higher wages. We're losing out on workforce here. I think this is a competitiveness issue. I think it is a morality issue. We shouldn't be paying somebody. Folks can't live off of $7.25 an hour. So I think the question is not one to be directed toward me in terms of where we're going to end up on this. I think the question is toward the Senate Republicans as to where are they going to be on this question that they've ducked and dodged on for many years, they've been opposed to. If they're okay with seven twenty-five an hour, I think they have to answer for that. That's not where the public is. That's not where I am. That's not where the House of Representatives is. And I intend to make this a, a central focus of our efforts as we go forward to raise the minimum wage in Pennsylvania. This is a very diverse state. It costs a lot more to live here in our area than most other parts of the state. Um, so I'm wondering, uh, should the minimum wage, is there a possibility that, that it can be tied to cost of living? Because Philadelphia was asking for an even higher one. Um, than, than $15 an hour. 
Look, I, I've put forth a number of ideas in my budget and other bills and, and issues that I said I support. If folks have ideas that they think are better, that they want to have hearings on, that they want to consider, including maybe having a fluctuating minimum wage based on the region that you're in. I'm open to hearing their ideas. What I'm not open to is inaction. What I'm not open to is getting nothing done. I focus on getting stuff done every single day. So if lawmakers have different ideas on how to raise the minimum wage, I'm all ears. They can't ignore this issue any longer, though now is the time to act. Speaking with Governor Josh Shapiro, uh, top Republicans do seem open to your call to legalize recreational marijuana could bring in hundreds of millions of dollars a year, according to some projections. Uh, The anti-marijuana group Sam Action sent us a note. They say uh, whatever revenue results will be eclipsed by the social health care and law enforcement costs associated with a growing population of drug users in Pennsylvania. If this is allowed to happen, you're a dad. How much do those concerns and and, and kids potentially uh, more easily exposed to pot weigh on you? You know, I've I've had a long journey on this issue of legalizing marijuana, and and I'm glad you raised the issue about me being a dad because I sort of looked at it with two hats on. One is a father of four who don't want uh, my kids using marijuana, and number two is the former chief law enforcement officer of this Commonwealth when I served as attorney general for six years. And it took a while to get me to be a yes on legalization. And here's ultimately why I got there. From a law enforcement perspective, we don't need to waste resources in law enforcement to go after someone who's, you know, possessing a small amount of marijuana or smoking uh, a joint. I just don't think that that is a valuable use of our law enforcement resources. We should be going after dangerous crime. We should go after serious drug dealing that's putting others at risk. Um, I like, for example, what the Parker administration is saying about reclaiming our streets in Kensington. I'd like to see law enforcement resources go there instead. And frankly, law enforcement wants to get out from under this issue as well. From a dad's perspective, um, I studied this really carefully. I didn't want to do anything that would make our children more exposed uh, to marijuana. And what I learned from talking to chiefs of police in other states where there's been legalization, mayors, governors, and other executives in those states is actually by getting this out of the black market and putting it um, into a position where it's more regulated, we can have better controls over this. And the study showed that there was not an increase in usage by young people or underage folks. In addition to that, I see this as a competitiveness issue. Nearly every one of our neighbors have legalized it. Hell, the voters of Ohio just voted by a margin of 57% to legalize it uh, just a few months ago. This is clearly where we need to head if we're going to be competitive with other states. It's where you know these polls show Pennsylvanians are as well. I think it is time to uh, legalize it, to regulate it carefully, to tax it, and to use that revenue to do things that are going to benefit the good people of Pennsylvania, whether it's more money for education, infrastructure, economic development. Obviously, we'll hammer that out in our negotiations with lawmakers. But now is the time to make these investments. But you're counting on uh, recreational sales to start in less than a year. Is that realistic? I think so. Lawmakers should come to Harrisburg, hold hearings and do their jobs and and work on these issues. I think these are serious questions. I don't expect everybody to simply agree with my position, but I do expect them to carefully analyze this and do their job. I think this excuse that, oh, there's not enough time is a silly one. The good people of Pennsylvania work really, really hard. 
I think their public servants should work just as hard for them. And the jobs of these public servants in the legislature is to carefully analyze these issues, not to make excuses why there's not enough time. Don't know if you've heard, Governor, but there's a big game this weekend. Uh, everybody's talking about a, a famous Pennsylvania native who's going to fly across the oh, international yeah. date line to be in Las Vegas to see Jason Kelsey's brother play. Uh, Governor Shapiro, <laughs> hard-hitting question for you. Are you a Swifty? Hell yeah, of course. I'm proud that she's a Pennsylvanian. Um, I love the attention that she's brought uh, to to football for folks who may not have been following. I'm obviously I've been a huge football fan, um, and I love seeing her and Jason Kelsey together. Man, there is there there are a few things better than that. Tra- so Travis Kelsey, right, Gov? Well, I know she's with Travis Kelsey, <laughs> okay. you know, romantically, but she's going to be hanging with Jason. I assume up in. The suite uh, at the uh, at the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, we'll see if he keeps his shirt on this time. <laughs> Wait, the, sure the governor or Jason? <laughs> Everybody, uh, my shirt will be on. I'll be on the couch with the kids, and the shirt will be on. Who do you like, uh, Chiefs or Niners? You know, I hate to root for the Chiefs, uh, given how the Super Bowl ended last year. They're a hell of a good team, and they got a winning spirit. And they've been there before. And I do love Coach Reed. Andy Reed's just a wonderful guy. So. Um, I'm not a betting guy, but I, I'd probably say the the Chiefs, uh, and you know we'll we'll see. I just want a good game. I want it to come down in the last few minutes. <laughs> All right, thank you, Governor. Thanks for joining us, and enjoy the game. Thanks, guys. Take care. You too. Bye bye. Governor Josh Shapiro with us live on Philadelphia's Morning News. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.